Welcome to Five Cats, Two Pussies. This is Ronnie. And this is Lindsay. And it's finally spring! Finally. (laughs) (laughs) We've been waiting so long. Yeah! (laughs) Happy spring, everyone. Yeah, happy spring. I I love spring. I can't wait to get into the garden, to start my seedlings. I know out there right now somebody's going, you haven't started them yet? By the time you listen to this, I will have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. But I'm, yeah, I'm very excited for spring and in honor of spring, today's episode is all about forsythia. Yeah. So we're going to have a little herbicide. Yeah. (laughs) Also in honor of spring, we get to light a new ritual candle. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And. (gasps) Matches. We have Matches. So our uh, current candle was gifted to us. I I just stopped buying candles between <laughs> between our last one and this one. Uh, our wonderful listeners keep gifting us with beautiful beeswax candles, and this one, this one comes from Darlene. Yeah, thank you so much, Darlene. Uh, there was a couple of candles in there, and this one. Um, we have selected the fun candle. Yeah. So it's all scrolly, ferny, beautiful, and I'm going to give it a light. It is. It is. And Ronnie told me today that she bought herself a Boston fern, which I can't wait to see if she can make that thing live because I brought one home last spring and it died immediately. I did everything that the internet told me to do with this fern. It was hanging up. It was like in the kind of light it was supposed to be. And she just died. I sprayed her leaves. I talked to her. I watered her, which is something that I often forget to do. But (laughs) with this one, I did not forget. And she was like, nope, I hate you. Died. All right. Well, this candle's a slow starter. So we're going to see how it goes. It could be because of the Montenegro that you put on the wick. (laughs) Shh. I wanted to anoint it. (laughs) It's probably 100% that. (laughs) It's all wet. (laughs) Hey, there it goes. (laughs) But yes, you're right. I did get a Boston fern today. I'm very excited about it. I have not yet named it. Uh, I've always wanted a Boston fern, and I've never found one at the right time. I think the only time I've seen one where I'm like, ooh. It was the time you bought yours, which is not doing great. <laughs> no, well, no, she's totally dead oh, now. No! Yeah, she like totally died within a month or two of me getting her. So I, everybody that I've talked to outside of you and I have always said Boston ferns are so easy to grow. You'll know you'll have it forever, and then yours died immediately. Yeah. So I don't know. Oh, I'm gonna see how it goes with this one. It's in quarantine right now. Um, I anytime I get a new plant, especially a house plant from a new nursery that I've never bought from before, especially I will put it in sort of quarantine for like a week just to make sure the last thing I want is to like discover it had white flies or some shit like that. And then all my plants are destroyed. Yeah. So it's in quarantine for a couple of days and then it'll join the rest of my house plants in my office. Well, I hope that you can make this one live. I really do. I've got a good feeling about it. It's a good, healthy little thriving buddy. It was with all kinds of other cool looking ferns. I'm, I'm feeling good about it. So, so was, I mean, mine was too. She was beautiful. <laughs> and she really was. She, ha- she just hated me. <laughs> I want to know what kind of magic they're putting in those watering cans. You're just not a fern person. Some people are fern people, not you. I know. I wish I was. <laughs> awesome. Well, before we get into Forsythia Lindsay, how was your week? 
work-wise, my week was exhausting, but like personally wise, I, I'm giving myself a spring makeover. Woo! I clipped my toenails this week. <laughs> All right, hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> they were starting to rub against my shoes. Oh god. <laughs> Too long. <laughs> Man, yeah, I I hear you in the like, it's one of those, not that I was an all the time pedicure person, but my feet today and my feet like 18 months ago, very different feet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm good for at least one pedicure a year. Like, yeah. like sandal season, I'll go and get, I'll get at least one because my feet need it. I haven't had one in over a year at this point. So I'm like really trying to build up the courage to just like go and get one. I love it. I love that. That's where like, that's where we've become. <laughs> we're like, I clipped my toenails. I shaved my legs. I did it. I put on eyeliner <laughs> <laughs> because we are no less happy the rest of the time when none of these things are true and we're equally comfortable in ourselves. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. Being as we're talking about like kind of a bush today, <laughs> you had like mentioned before that you were trying to grow out your bush. How's yeah, that going? I do. I have a bush update. Uh, and mom, if you're listening, this is where you can turn it off for a few seconds. <laughs> or I don't know. I don't know, figure you probably don't care. But um, yeah, so I had I had grown the bush out a little bit. This was a while ago now, maybe three four months ago. Uh, and uh, and then I trimmed it off and then I was like, I'm going to do it again, especially when we did our bloody Valentine episode yeah. and talked all about periods. I was like, I'm going to grow my bush out. And then I got my period. And then I was like, gross, because I use thinks <laughs> and that's a free flowing situation. And it was just, it was a lot of mess. Yeah. So I shaved it off, but I've let it grow back again. And this time around, I decided I'll give a little more attention to it. And I'll make sure that it's trimmed up where I don't want there to be hair. Like, I don't want hair between my legs. I don't want hair on the sides. I like a nice landing strip bush. Oh, okay. But what I really wanted was a beautiful 70s porn, thick, black, luscious landing strip bush. I wanted, like, Liv Tyler in the leftovers strip. <laughs> and what I've got instead is... A nice reminder that my natural hair color is ash blonde. <laughs> so now it just looks sad and tired <laughs> because it's not quite brown. It's not quite gray. It's definitely not blonde, but it's somewhere in between. And it is, it is nice. It's soft, but it's not that like, I wanted that like sexy black strip and I just, I don't know. I bet you could like if I mean if you're just doing a strip, I bet you could take some like vegetable dye and oh, just geez. like darken it up a little okay. bit. Okay. <laughs> if if we dye my pubes, because this will be a wee thing. <laughs> they are going to be like neon orange or lime green or something like that. Ooh, I will one hundred percent dye my pubes to like I'll keep growing them for like over the summer to dye them something fun. But, okay, if we're but then we need fun, a tasteful photo shoot. If we're going fun, I think you need leopard print. Oh, that's a lot of work. No, it's not. It's fine. <laughs> Just need a paintbrush. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm hearing is you're going to spend a lot of time looking at my bush. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first bush. Look at 
mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, that's that's my bush update. It needed a trimming. I'm much happier with it now. I am happier than when it was totally bald. I'm I think I'm over that, but I still haven't quite figured out the in between. And yeah, the <laughs> surprise, surprise, it's the same color as my eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> In other color-changing surprises, I also wanted to give a Pretty Litter update. Ooh, okay, cool. Yeah, so if you listened to uh, last week's episode, the the big thing was that we got Pretty Litter, and Kenway and Django uh, were adjusting to it, and I was obsessively checking the box to see what color their pee is, because Pretty Litter, not a sponsor, is one of those litters that like changes color according to your cat's health and like the acidity of their pee. And I was a little bit concerned because one of them had like obviously held their pee while I was cleaning everything out and changing it all over. And it was like a little more blue than I wanted. <laughs> and uh, now after a week of checking their pee and just being bored with it being constantly yellow, which is the color you want it to be, somewhere between yellow and olive green. And yeah, it turns out I've got two very ha- ha- happy, healthy adult male cats with totally normal pee. And I'm bored, so Aww. I've stopped looking. <laughs> well, it's great. I mean, it's great that their pee is good. Yeah, now. I mean, I see it when I like clean the litter, but I'm not like running in there every ten minutes to be like, "What color is this one?" <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably a good thing. It is a good thing. Thank goodness it's always the same. Yes, yes. <laughs> now I feel like it's regulated, and if I did see bright orange or navy blue, then I will be concerned. But for now, healthy, happy little fellas. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we've got all of our bush and pee talk out of the way. I figure it's time to take a little break. Yeah. And then we'll come back and talk all about Forsythia. Forsythia. Woo. Cool. See you soon, witches. Thanks. So we're going to talk about Forsythia. And I'm sure there's at least one listener out there that's like, okay, I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> so Forsythia is a bright yellow flowering shrub and it blooms between um, between April and May, essentially. And um, it's one of the first signs of spring sort of Across, I'm going to say, New England, at least for me. Uh, And the reason that I was inspired to suggest Forsythia as a topic for today is because I saw a prompt on Instagram recently that was, what was your first connection to a plant? Like your first emotional memory that you have that was like, ah, now I have a connection, not just that place and time, but made you feel something. And outside of a Christmas tree, mine is Forsythia. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, it's a shrub that grows in my yard, my um, my childhood home, where my parents still live. And it was always the first thing that bloomed in the yard. So my mom is an avid gardener and has all kinds of different things that bloom in the spring. But Forsythia was always the first one. It was always this bright splash of obnoxious sunshine yellow right up against the side of the house. It's beautiful. You can see it all the way at the end of like not just our block, but several blocks away. And because it's a very hardy plant and very popular from the Victorian era, 
it is easy to grow. It's all over my hometown. So it wasn't just our Fasithia bush. The uh, like one day, all of a sudden, usually around Easter, the town would explode in yellow. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. So it'd be forsythia and daffodils everywhere. Awesome. And I've always wanted a forsythia bush. It'll be one of the first things that like eventually someday, hopefully when I have my own home with my own garden, it'll be the like one of the first things that I plant is a forsythia bush. I love it. I love it. So it turns out there's a lot of interesting things about forsythia that I never knew. I was always just like, it's the first sign of spring and I love spring and I like, and I love like yellow and that first like welcome back the sunshine feeling. And turns out there's also a bunch of dope uses for the plant. No kidding. It's not just pretty. So we wanted to chat and share all about forsythia. Yeah. So I'm going to start with the botany. Tell you a little bit about how it grows and how to propagate it and a little bit about the plant itself. And then we'll, we'll carry on from there. So uh, Forsythia is a deciduous flowering shrub. It's in the same family as the olive tree and it produces a yellow flower. The flower comes first. Now this is pretty unique for Forsythia. There are other plants that do this, but most of the time you will see leaves and then flowers. Right, right. <laughs> but much like a cherry tree, Forsythia makes flowers first, then leaves. That's so, so weird. Yeah. So this bush will like erupt in yellow flowers, but there's no leaves on it to sort of like cloud or muddy that. So it's just yellow. It's not just <laughs> yellow. It's not yellow and green. It's just, it's a bright yellow bush. <laughs> it's very Bob Ross. It's very like, and there's a happy yellow bush right here. Not <laughs> yellow and green, not like green with hints of yellow. It's just yellow. <laughs> and so uh, it's one of those things where because it blooms first, it's also an early pollinator for bees and butterflies. So it helps to like wake them up, welcome them back. And it can grow pretty much anywhere. It's very tolerant of conditions. Uh, so whether you've got poor soil or drought, um, you know, it needs a good amount of sunlight. But aside from that, if you stick it in the ground, it will grow. So, you know, maybe don't put it under like a fir tree or like in the back corner of your parking lot. But beyond that, it'll like it'll grow pretty much anywhere. They can get really big. So um, they can grow up to two feet per year and they grow in every direction. So mostly up, but also out. So, you know, you can trim it, prune it back. And now would be the time to do that before they start making flowers. But, um, you know, it's, it's something that like, you know, if you want it to have space and take up space, it will take up as much space as you give it. Oh my gosh. That's so crazy. So yeah, they can grow to be over 10 feet tall. Whoa. And I know that the one that was planted in the corner of um, right up against my childhood home definitely reached that over 10 feet tall. Is it still there? Yes. Wow. At least the last time I visited, which was pre-COVID, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure my mom would tell me if she removed the forsythia bush. At this point, it's so big. I think it would like, the hole that it would leave behind <laughs> would be a problem. <laughs> um, so... Because, you know, they're so easy to grow, there can be some challenges uh, if, you've, if you've got a forsythia and you're like, oh, well, cool girls, but mine doesn't make yellow flowers like that. Mine doesn't explode into spring sunshine. What's up? 
Uh, there are different reasons, like any other plant, that sometimes they grow a little this way, a little that way, and one of them can be, if it doesn't have many flowers, it's probably not getting enough sunlight. So it ideally needs up to six hours of sunlight a day. So just maybe think about like when it's getting its sunlight, where it's getting its sunlight from. But if yours is like, I'm green, and then that's it. It probably just needs a better location. They can also get a little picky when the winter's been super cold. So this winter was pretty mild. Uh, but, you know, we have had winters in the past here in Massachusetts and back in my home province of Nova Scotia where the winter has been particularly bitterly cold. And that can also cause the plant to sort of not skip flowering, but it puts so much energy into staying alive over the winter that it doesn't have the same oomph in trying to make flowers in the spring. So if it's, you know, if it gets average temperatures below minus five Fahrenheit, the flowers, you know, that following spring might be absent completely or just reduced and it'll return to normal the, the following year. But, you know, if it gets too cold over the winter or, or it's not getting enough sunlight, then yeah, it can be a little runty. So they just like won't flower and then they'll go straight to making leaves? Yeah, they'll only make a few flowers. Oh, okay. So, you know, these are, to sort of give you a visual description, I know everybody can Google this themselves, but, you know, essentially for Scythia are like these long bare stalks. They grow up and out um, bush-wise. Instead of this like short, stubby, intertwined thicket bush, they're a like, hey, yeah, <laughs> long straight stalk bush. And... From like from the base to the tip, it will be covered in little yellow flowers. Now, are the flowers always yellow? Are they are they like other like flower varieties like carnations that kind of like grow on a bush where you can get different colors from them? Yeah, so there are a variety of types of forsythia bush, and they have subtle differences. But everything that I've read says they are always some shade of yellow. Cool. So different varieties will be more like of a lemon yellow, more of a sunshine yellow, more like golden. There's even a few that as they enter the fall, the leaves will turn sort of a um, rusty red and, and take on a little bit of a red, like burning bush kind of look. Oh, neat. But the flowers tend to be, at least to my the best of my knowledge, always yellow. I did see one image um, for a variety where the flowers themselves were also um, tinted with purple. And I don't know if that was a true forsythia or forsythia splice with something else. Oh, okay. Neat. When I went to look for it and Googled purple for Scythia, I came up with nothing. So, <laughs> so I, could, I couldn't find it again. And I was like, I don't, I went down some clickbait rabbit hole to find a purple for Scythia, but it did have sort of tints of purple on the outer edges of the leaves. Oh, okay. But there is a bunch of different varieties. They all have like slightly different shapes, slightly different colors, slightly different growing wants and needs, but the base of what we've shared all remains the same. What they do have is cool names. So they have some pretty fun common names. They all have the beautiful botanical Latin name, but I'm going to skip those this week because I want to share that they are th called things like Sunrise and Meadowlark and Colgold, Lunwood, Cortisol, that one's less fun. Weeping for Scythia grows like up like a willow tree and then like bends down oh, um, cool. to touch the ground. Um, Arnold Dwarf, New Hampshire Gold, and Northern Sun. So they're pretty much all names that like describe a shade of yellow. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it turns out botanists and, and people that make plants like that, uh, yeah, real creative. 
Now, I think one of my favorite things about a forsythia is not only are they easy to grow, they're easy to propagate. And that is if you have a forsythia bush and you want to make a new forsythia bush, you can take a cutting and do that. So it's pretty easy. There's two different ways. If a forsythia grows up and then weeps down or you bend it down and force it to touch the ground, it can grow itself roots out of the end, like almost like a worm, like end to end. It'll grow roots off the other end into the ground and then you can snip it in the middle, that sort of branch arch. And then you'll have two side-by-side for Scythia bushes. You can dig up the little one and move it somewhere else. Oh, that does sound really easy. It's pretty easy. It feels a little weird though to me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, snip, now I move you over here. I don't know. It feels mean. (laughs) So instead... Um, We got expert advice from Mama Hazel. We did. And essentially, what what has been described, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but um, after it blooms in the spring, so wait until it's done blooming, and then when the leaves have formed, cut a stalk off your forsythia bush or a forsythia bush, and what you want is a branch that has multiple branches. So you need at least one Y. And you need that split because otherwise you're going to have a really sad single stalk and that's not going to make a bush. (laughs) But you need that Y split and then you're going to take it and cut the, like trim the end that's going in the ground to an angle. Find some nice, warm, moist soil. Like when the soil is like warm to the touch, not like, not now when it's like, I could dig, but it's mostly frozen. Wait, like wait a little bit, maybe early June. And then you're just going to stick it in the ground, bury it up above that Y so that what you see sticking out above the ground are two little stalks and just leave it alone. And it's going to grow roots from those little propagation nodes where all the leaves were from that Y joint. And then you're going to have, you know, at that time next year, you're going to have a forsythia bush. That's so cool. Now, after you plant it, how long does it take for it to like establish roots? Like when do you know that it's going to be like, okay in there? So about a month. Oh, okay. Yeah. About like about four weeks, it's going to have, uh, it's going to have roots, but the longer you leave it, obviously the, the more established it's going to be. And it can take about two years for it to get like big enough or established enough where you might want to be like, happy birthday. Here's your first for Cynthia Bush kind of thing. But, um, otherwise, you know, uh, obviously you can just like leave it where it is and let it grow. But yeah, if you're wanting to like put it in maybe a nursery bed, like a place where you start plants and then move it, maybe give it a couple years before you move it to someplace new. Super cool. You can also bring spring early if you're so inclined. This makes my heart hurt a little bit. Oh, but you can, um, if, especially if you're trimming back your forsythia, because again, they can get like 10 feet tall. You can trim them. Uh, well before they want to start making flowers. So I would say in like early to mid-February, still in the dead of winter, trim your forsythia, same thing, cut the stalk on an angle, put it in a mason jar or vase of hot water, and then leave it in a place where it's going to get some sunshine, so a windowsill. And the water doesn't have to stay hot, but just that hot water sort of jump starts it and wakes it up. And it will bloom. You can force it to bloom. So that's how you see like branches of forsythia in like floor shops and that sort of thing. That's all they've done. They've taken 
cold, dead forsythia in the dead of winter and and cut their uh, cut their stalks and just force them into blooming. Oh, so they like make them think that it's like summer exactly. or spring. Can yep. you so when af- when that happens, can you plant them? No. So this is one of those things that we got from Mama Hazel. Um, we had to double check because that was a question that I had as well. And the answer is no. Once you forced something to bloom. It has put all of its energy into creating that flower when it wasn't really ready or wasn't really supposed to. It's used up all of its energy, all of its nutrients. It's done after that. Okay. But it's kind of like in the doldrums of February to have like a nice little pick-me-up, especially if you've got to trim your forsythia anyway. Kind of nice. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I'm, I can't wait. I have a certain neighbor who has a forsythia bush. And we are going to do some gorilla gardening. Yes, I'm so excited for that. <laughs> I like that I give it a cute name when really it's just, I'm going to steal their plant. I'm going to go over in the like, dead of night some night. And after the forsythia has flowered, when it's growing leaves, I'm going to trim it for them. Yeah. And I'm going to get some good, real good branches. And next year, I'll have my own bush. Yeah, let's have like 13 midnight margaritas. And then yes. Go over there. <laughs> It'll be beautiful. <laughs> You want to hear some Forsythia lore? I do. Okay. This one makes me a little sad. But once the Forsythia flower blooms, it says it's said that there will be three more snowfalls before winter is truly over. I feel like that is specifically for Nova Scotia. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so done with snow. But as we record this episode the day before spring... I know that Nova Scotia just got walloped by another snowstorm and has a beautiful blanket of white out oh, there. Oh, no. Ugh, dude. If that happens here, my heart is going to hurt so bad. Oh. So bad. And so there's also like this Victorian secret language of flowers, right? That's, uh, that's, that shares that Forsythia was associated with anticipation and hoping to think see things happen in the long term. Oh, because Which like is, it was attached to like maybe the anticipation of spring? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which I think is really cool. And then there's this this sweet Korean story about a man who returns to his wife after a long journey and he finds her waiting by a forsythia bush and he's so struck by her beauty that he vows to never take their love for granted again. Oh, so I, I see this associated with like a lot of love stuff, too. That spring is in the air kind of feeling. Yeah. 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 I dig it. Yeah. I like that. But also with magical stuff, too. All right. Now we're getting into the interesting stuff. <laughs> Man, you, you guys all listen to me prattle on for a good long time about how to grow it. We want to know how to use it. <laughs> all right. Well, let's start at the beginning. So because Forsythia blooms and grows with little to no maintenance, you can use it in magical workings related to longevity and sustainability uh, and also like your long-term goals. Okay, cool. It's associated with the number four, which is related to balance. And thus it's connected to balance in the four elements and the four cardinal directions. Uh, It's also connected to creativity and it's connected to the fourth chakra, which is the heart which is related to emotions and compassion. It's ruled by the sun and associated with feelings of self-acceptance and confidence. And because it's a plant that you can encourage to bloom by putting stalks of jar in water, like you mentioned, 
Uh, in Lori Cabot's book, Love Magic, she suggests that doing this can encourage love in your life. And as the buds bloom, so will your love life. Aww. Well, I, I, I think we all know how we feel about love magic, but at the yeah. same time, this seems like a pretty harmless love thing. Make some, make some flowers bloom, feel really confident about yourself, yeah. feel a lot of compassion, open yourself up emotionally. Maybe love will come in the picture. I don't, Maybe. I like it. <laughs> uh, during Beltane and a Star, it's also popular to use in, in altars or a star trees or to weave into a crown. Sweet. Yeah. I, I kind of want to make it into a crown now. I don't know where I'd wear it. I feel like just going to get coffee. would <laughs> be great. Yeah, I think that is great. Do it. Do it. I, I will have to do it next year when I grow my own bush and not this year when I pillage from my neighbor's bush because I want them to still have a shrub when I'm done. <laughs> uh, there's a bunch of medicinal stuff for it, too. So this is what really surprised me was how many different medicinal practical uses there are for forsythia because this literally grew for 18 years of my life right outside my bedroom window. Not a clue. Not a clue about any of this. No idea. So I had no idea. Oh my it, was, gosh. it was always like something pretty my mom cut and like put in the vase on the table, but we never used it for anything. Turns out you could use it for a whole lot. Yeah. And there's a specific variety for Scythia suspensa that's listed as one of the 50 fundamental herbs in Chinese medicine, which is pretty cool. Lian Kiao, Lian Kiao, I think is how you say it. Uh, that's the Chinese name for, for Scythia. And because it has so many medicinal properties, you often find it offered in like herbal skin preparations, along with things like honeysuckle and dandelion. You can make teas with it. Mostly the raw fruit of the forsythia is used to make teas, but you can also use it to make extracts and oils. And these raw fruit preparations have been shown pretty effective against like boils and things like skin infections or even acne and like inflammation. Sweet. Yeah. And I guess I didn't really talk much about the fruit because it's all about the flowers for me. But yeah, when the flowers are done, there is like, I don't know, it's just like a little nub, essentially. It's not like, and then it grows an apple. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally, totally. And the plant also contains high amounts of oleanolic acid, which helps to maintain the heart muscle, which is pretty cool. And because of this, it it's also has like a really good effect on maintaining healthy blood pressure levels. I love that it's connected with the heart chakra and also heart yeah, medicine. right? That's very cool. I, I just know. I didn't I didn't put that together when I was writing notes <laughs> <laughs> just now. <laughs> um, a decoction of forsythia can prevent vomiting. So I guess that's cool. I mean, nobody likes to vomit, so no. <laughs> I usually don't know when I'm going to vomit though, yeah. so I don't know that I would have time to make a decoction. And also, I don't know how long a decoction would last. Yeah, I think it's more the like how long it lasts thing. But I wonder if you made some like, if you were like, oh, I'm hungover, I might vomit. Oh. And then made a tea, which is sort of a decoction, yeah. a really strong for Cynthia tea. Yeah. If that would help. See, I'm a night of drinking vomiter. <laughs> so, you, so if I this like This is the only time we vomit is basically what we're saying. Yeah. <laughs> we get wasted and we vomit either the night of or the next day. <laughs> I'm the night of kind of gal. So maybe if I drank a cup of like the tea 
before I started drinking. I don't know, man. That'd have to be some pretty strong tea. I don't know. But also if I'm drunk enough that I have to vomit, like I really should get it out anyway. Yeah, I think that's probably (laughs) the bigger problem. Um, in addition, traditional Chinese medicine medicine shows for Scythia to be a strong, broad spectrum antimicrobial and anti-inflammatory inflammatory agent. <laughs> <laughs> so, a tea for Scythia can can help alleviate like cold sy- symptoms. Oh, so like sore throats and shit. Yeah, yeah, sweet. Yeah, man, I, I think what I've learned over the last year and a half of doing this is that almost all herbs and plants are good for colds. <laughs> If you have a cold or a sore throat or uh, like scratchy voice, it's the answer is a cup of some plant. Yeah. <laughs> probably most of them. Yeah, probably most of them. Yeah, it's true. They all kind of do something. I did find a recipe um, for for Cynthia and honeysuckle tea, Ooh. which I really, I don't have any honeysuckle plants either. So many plants that I need in my life. But maybe if you're listening and you have for Cynthia and you want to pick some flowers and dry them this year and also have access to honeysuckle, one, you should totally send us some. Drop us a line at 5C2PPod on Instagram or at Gmail and let us know. I'll give you the address so that you could send us some tea. But you can basically take four cups of water, bring it to a boil, take two handfuls. I love that this is measured in handfuls, by the way. Oh yeah, it's great. Take two handfuls of forsythia or one handful of forsythia and one handful of honeysuckle and basically place the flowers in a bowl, give them a splash of amaretto, hell yeah. Uh, Toss the flowers in the spirit and then add this to the boiling water. Let them steep for about 30 minutes and enjoy. I really like that this recipe says that forsythia and honeysuckle make an enchanting combination. Oh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But I really now want to just take handfuls of flour, add booze, and add hot water and be like, what else can we make? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Totally. We can make our own 5C2P blend. (laughs) It'll be great. We can. Well, why don't we take a break, Lindsay, get ourselves a fresh beverage, yeah, and then come on back, talk about some of the other fun uses of Forsythia. Yeah, that sounds fun to me. Sweet. Cool. Back in a sec, witches. Hey there. Why? <laughs> we are back. <laughs> and we are ready to talk about some other fun, cool uses for Facithia. Yeah, dude. There's a lot of them. There is. And a lot of them all use one particular base. So I'm going to start there. Yeah. So this is a Forsythia infused oil. And this is sort of the base, like in adding Forsythia to things like skin lotions or soap, that sort of thing, like most beauty products. So I'm going to walk through, because it's the base, in a little bit of like the rough estimation of how to do this. If you're going to actually like sit down and make this because you want to make like some hand lotion, you should probably find like a book or a really good recipe. But <laughs> this is the overarching view of how to make forsythia infused oil. All right. So step one, collect some fresh forsythia flowers, spread them in a single layer on a clean dish, paper towels, pa- uh, like um, cloth towels, whatever. You want them to like air dry for a couple of days. So they're going to get all shrivelly and weird. And then you're going to take a jar and fill it halfway with dried flowers. So if you have a few flowers, 
a small jar. <laughs> if you have a lot of flowers, a large jar. It doesn't matter what size your jar is because this is about halves. So you're going to fill half of your jar with flowers. And then you're going to pour oil into the jar until it's almost filled. Stir it a couple of times to release the air bubbles because there'll be air trapped um, in like between the petals of the flowers and you want to get that air out. Air will cause bacteria to grow. And when we say oil, it could be different types of oil. So use the one that you're going to want, depending on what you're going to use this infused oil for. So if you're going to make it for soap, maybe you're going to use for something like um, sunflower, grapeseed, but different oils are going to have different uses. Kind of depends on what you want to do with this. Hell, if you just want to make some like cool forsythia oil salad dressing, because it sounds fun and you just want to like be like, yeah, that sounds dope. Then you could use olive oil. Doesn't oh, yeah. like the type of oil doesn't matter. I use an olive oil soap sometimes too. Ooh, yeah. yeah. And so yeah, that's a great example. So yeah, use the use the oil for the thing that you want to make with this. But um, almond oil, apricot kernel, like doesn't really matter. Depends on again what you're making. And then you just let this let this sit in your fridge for a bit. Oh. Let it let it chill out and age and extract the properties of the flower into the oil or in the fused oil. Cool. I've done this with um shoot. Not elderflower. It's gone right out of my head. Primrose. <laughs> there we go. I got it. Found it. <laughs> um I've done that with primrose flowers. Um uh, and evening primrose specifically, but very easy to do. And it keeps a while, especially if you keep the oil in a like, cool, dark place. And then you can use it for a bunch of shit. Awesome. Now, you found a ton of recipes for, like, forsythia oil use. I sure did. You sure did. <laughs> yeah. We're not going to read through every single one of them. Oh, you sure? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it'll, it would take a while. But you found this really nice-sounding forsythia flower lotion one. In which you're going to take like your your infused oil and you're going to mix that with some emulsifying wax and some distilled water and some witch hazel and some kind of preservative. And then like mix all that stuff together and do a whole bunch of other stuff to make a lotion. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. That's, I think that's a great explanation of how to make a lotion. <laughs> you take some flowers and you take some preservatives and some wax and you mix it together. Lotion. <laughs> 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 but yes, that's that's more or less. I mean, the reason that we're going to share a, like the high level of the <laughs> pussy's version of these recipes is because um, because when you get really like down in the nitty gritty, some of these recipes, it feels intimidating. And to be quite honest, it's not like this is really easy. Anyone can do it type stuff. Take some flowers, dry them out for a couple of days, stick them in a jar, cover it with oil. Wait three or four days. Then take that, mix it with some other shit, put it on your skin. Like, it's it's that simple, and I'd rather keep it sort of a, a lighthearted recipe. Yeah. Because there's all kinds of great ones out there, and if you're really interested in this, I highly, highly encourage that you go find the right recipe. Hit us up, again, 5C2P pod, Instagram, or Gmail, and I've got some tried and tested recipes from various books. I'm happy to, like, share recommendations of things that have worked for me or ones that I've, like, hated and, <laughs> uh, and, and share these recipes or where to find them, but they're really easy to do. And we'd rather share that than get bogged down in a quarter of a teaspoon of this yeah. and 0.783 grams of that. 
Yeah, but if you want to know, reach out. Ask us. For sure. So on that same skincare um, side of things, you can also make a toner out of forsythia, which I thought was pretty cool. And um, this one doesn't actually use forsythia oil, but basically you're making forsythia oil. So it's forsythia flowers, hot water, witch hazel, and vegetable glycerin. And the long story short is you make tea, mix it with glycerin, dab it on your face like toner. Oh, that sounds so easy. It's super easy. And I really want to try that one. Like I have not found a toner I love. And I know my skin likes witch hazel because anything that gets close tends to have witch hazel in it. But I want to see what the forsythia does. Well... We'll have to do some like early gorilla gardening then, so that we can get some flowers. <laughs> so we can go steal some flowers. <laughs> oh man, we're gonna have fun this spring. <laughs> um, you can also use it as a salad ingredient. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all about eating flowers, man. Are you? Yeah. I am I am lukewarm on it. I love as uh as a former chef and pastry chef enthusiast, like I like the way it looks. And I love when like like plates are decorated with little microgreens and yeah. flowers. And I eat them uh, because I'm a firm believer. If it goes on the plate, it can go in your mouth. Yeah. yeah. And, but at the same time, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd ever be like, and then I just added flowers to my salad. I mean, that's fair. And, and let me clarify my stance on it a little bit. If it's on the plate, I'm going to eat it because I, w- <laughs> I want to see what it tastes like. Yeah, same. I'm probably never going to like go to my neighbor's yard and pick some forsythia flowers so that I can put them on my salad. But no, but you're going to come with me so I can do it. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Now that I know I can eat them, I'm going to taste it. Yeah. I think that's exactly where I'm at too. <laughs> I even asked uh, Mama Hazel this morning if she knew that you could eat forsythia flowers and she did but we never ate them we (laughs) never she fed us tulips one time because you can eat tulip petals too those taste like shit do they (laughs) yeah i've never eaten they're not good oh okay all right but yeah i didn't she knew that never fed us forsythia (laughs) other things that you can make with forsythia that you can eat include jelly so there's, I found a cool recipe on a website called The Homestead Lady. It looks like a pretty dope blog overall, but it was for Scythia Dandelion Jelly. Ooh, that sounds good. I don't think I've, have I eaten, I, maybe I've eaten a dandelion before. I've had dandelion wine and dandelion cookies, Okay, but I've never had dandelion jelly. I've had hibiscus jelly. I mean... The jelly is basically just a gelatin, like a pectin set yeah. liquid. So it could be kind of anything. Yeah. Oh, I wonder what it would taste like. Oh, I'm super... More things to find out. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to have to steal more flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Who out there has a forsythia bush that we can raid? <laughs> uh, so we mentioned that you can make soap with it. You can, so you can like make a, a, a forsythia flower infused melt and pour soap. So it's basically like creating a a soap base, right? Yeah, essentially. You just, you use the forsythia in the soap base. So, you know, whether it's a a pour soap or a cold set soap, uh, you know, either way, there was recipes online for both, but you can use it to make soap by um, basically making that, like the oil infusion or... um, or grinding, like drying the flowers and grinding them up really, really, really small and adding them to the soap mixture. There was a couple different variations. I am a huge calendula flower in my soap person. Like that's some of my favorite 
homemade soap that I've ever tried. So I would 100%, if I saw a Forsythia soap, I'm going to buy it. I love fucking handmade fancy soaps, but if it's got <laughs> flowers in it, I'm all about it. Awesome. I don't know if my, I typically use like an African black soap because it helps with like back knee in the summer when I get all sweaty when I'm sleeping and I get like little pimples on my back. I don't know what's in there. I don't know there, either. There might be flowers in there. <laughs> I have no I have, idea. I have no idea either. I just know that, yeah, if it's got flowers in it and it's like, and it's a soap, I'm probably going to want to buy it. And then as I'm showering and be like, ew, ew, little flower pieces all over my legs. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I still got to buy it anyway. <laughs> you can also use for, for Scythia <laughs> to make a face wash. Uh, this particular recipe I found at Unruly Gardening, uh, and I'll leave it there for you to go and, and check it out on your own free time. But it was, again, it was super easy to do. Um, looked like a nice little, like nice little, like self-care me day face wash kind of situation. Cool. 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 You can make a forsythia flower honey syrup and you can Ooh, find the recipe at Grow Forage Cook Ferment. That's actually, I'm, we're just going to plug everybody else's dope websites yeah. <laughs> today. Um, that is a very cool one. I actually have um, looked at and tried a few different things from there and quite like their recipes. In honor of Lindsay's toenails, Yay. you can make a Forsythia foot scrub, which was really cool and really easy. Again, we just need some flowers. Yeah, I might make this when we steal the flowers. This is sea salt, fresh flowers, and coconut oil. And you basically take those things, put them together in a mortar and pestle, grind them up, smush them on your feet, use it to exfoliate. Ta-da! Cool. And then the last one has a cool name for... <laughs> it sounds <laughs> not like what it is. It is Forsythia Cleansing Grains. Oh. Now what, just by forsythia cleansing grains, what did you, like, what's the first thing that popped into your head? Like you grind something up and then you drink it so that you can poop? Same. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, this is like a, like a, like a green bowl or something like that. <laughs> I immediately was like, this will clean my intestines. Nope. <laughs> by grains, they mean oatmeal. It's an oatmeal facial exfoliator oh cool yeah <laughs> awesome <laughs> and it's another one of those like super easy you take some rolled oats you take some dried forsythia flowers you put them in a coffee grinder you add a, maybe a little bit of your favorite clay whether it's like french clay or pink clay or whatever like clay that you not clay that you make shit with but clay that you like would find in a herbal or apothecary shop for face washes and soaps and that sort of thing and you grind it all together until it's powdery. And then you just use it like any other face mask. Put a little water to mix it into a paste. Put it in your face. Wait. Wash it off. Oh, awesome. More shit you can use with flowers. There's so much stuff. And it's so easy. It is so easy. This is awesome. I'm going to raid so many bushes. I'm uh -huh. just going to walk around this, <laughs> this spring in like three weeks time when the forsythia are blooming with a like little foraging satchel and just be like stripping branches. <laughs> I'm gonna look like a weirdo wearing my my witch cape and my forsythia crown. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Your adventure pouch full of oh forsythia. Oh my god, my adventure pouch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, there's so much out there. That was just honestly the tip of the iceberg as it comes to recipes. Uh, and we got a lot of information from not only other blogs and, um, and recipe sites, but a lot of our information today came from The Spruce, um, Timber Creek Farmer, and Free Range Life. Uh, those are all different gardening websites that had a lot of great information all about Forsythia. Totally. Well, here we are. Yet again, Lindsay. We did it. Another episode. I feel great. I do too. I think it's because spring is literally at the time of recording tomorrow. Yeah. And I can't wait for their sunny, nice, warm days. Get my hands in the earth. Get some grass between my toes again. Feels like new things and fun things are right on the horizon. Sure does. I can't wait to wear sandals. And show off my clipped toenails. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be sure to compliment you on your toes. (laughs) Well, I hope no matter when you listen to this, whether it's just after it airs on Wednesday or or later this summer, maybe you're listening far into the future and you've backtracked. I hope that you are enjoying a sunny day. Have a moment of sunshine in your life. And we will see you next week. Remember, no pervs, no Nazis. Totally.